long as we continue with that mindset and have time and presence as a currency of work, we're never going to overcome inertia. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everybody, it's Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human. I'm so glad to have you here. So it's funny, a, a friend last week was asking me for some recommendations on books. She knows I'm a bit of a, a book nerd and was asking me some recommendations on things that would help her as she's trying to talk to her leadership right now in the midst of everything. And so I'm looking at my shelf thinking there's, there's been nothing written for a situation like we're facing right now. And then I realized there's a book sitting right square in the center, uh, actually a pair of them. One was why work sucks and how to fix it. And the other one's why managing sucks. And those books were written years ago, but as I'm looking at them thinking there's so much there we can pull out of it. So they talk about why we should manage work, not people and everything else. I don't want to give too much of it away because today I actually have one of the authors on with me, Jody Thompson to talk about this. So Jody, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Ben. The, the topic is timely, and I'm glad we get to talk about it. Absolutely. I, I am really pumped because I think there are going to be some good practical ideas, insights, and things shared. And you have been in this, in this bubble, this space, this whatever you like to call it, for a long time. You, you understand what's happening there. And so I think um, we're going to get some really great ideas and stuff. But before we get too far down the path, let's take a minute, pause, tell us who you are and what you do. So I am Jody Thompson, and I am the co-creator of the Results Only Work Environment, or ROW. And like you were talking about, Ben, author of the book, Why Work Sucks and How to Fix It, Why Managing Sucks and How to Fix It. And what I do is I work with organizations across the globe to help them differentiate themselves in the marketplace in terms of their workforce and how their work culture operates. So been doing that for a few years and it's been fun, lots of successes and also challenges along the way. Excellent. So you, you told us about Roe there, but I want to dig a little deeper because like you said, um, I actually had to look back because I was curious. I remember reading the book when it first came out, the first book, and it came out in 2008. So the idea isn't new, but strangely enough for a lot of companies, like I said a minute ago, there was the, there's been the excuse, well, that won't work for us. You know, we're, we're too, we're too different. We're too, we're too special. We're too, whatever you'd like to call it. But I think the ideas in there work regardless of who you are, because it's really about, again, I, I want to get ahead of myself. Talk about row a little bit. What does the acronym stand for? What does it mean in practical terms? Let's help the audience kind of catch up because I'm, I'm nerding out over here and I want to, want to make sure we're all on the same page before we dive into some of the practical ideas on how to use this. Great. That sounds good. So the results only work environment was actually born out of the idea that people don't want flexibility. What they really want is complete control over their time. And so when we looked at the workplace, we saw that really the workplace is, is based on the foundation of time. So putting in time and showing up is somehow going to equal results and everything is built around that. The results only work environment is radically different. In a row, everybody is 100% autonomous, 
which means they're self-governing and self-directed and 100% accountable to measurable results. Now that probably sounds easy, but it's actually very different in that there's no more permission granting. So I don't have to ask my boss if I can work from home or tell people where I'm working from or ask if I can go to the dentist on a Wednesday. All of that goes away and what's left is the foundation of understanding what my measurable results are and then working with people around me to make sure that we reach those measurable results. Now your audience might be thinking, oh yeah, well we're pretty results oriented, but this is results only. This is really a different platform and how you think. It's a different mindset. And every single day, how you live your life is up to you. It's not up to the organization to control that. The the episode that I released earlier this week actually was was one of the rare episodes where it's just me talking, sharing some ideas, and I was talking about ways to connect with your team and to create some 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 positive movement right now because it feels like everything's kind of stuck. And one of the things I said was around that autonomy piece. I said, stop focusing on when they're doing things or how they're doing things. Just focus on the what. And that seems like the core of of Roe is really. We're focused on the results, the what, the the actual outcomes, but the other things are in your hands to to do as you see fit because we hired you as a professional. Let's let you act like one. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, I always like to say, say start with the work and people don't start with the work. They start with where are people? So where are you and when are you available or when are you working? Instead of thinking, what is it that I need? Like, what is the real work? What do I need? And then reach out and ask for what you need. But people are so wrapped around that idea that we have to focus on the where and when and not the what. I think that's the big problem. And managers really, um, they have a challenge today. Like you were talking about, you know, people, we're not used to managing the mobile workforce. In that sentence alone, we're trying to figure out how to continue to manage people, where they work and when they work. And as long as we continue with that mindset and have time and presence as a currency of work, we're never going to overcome inertia. We'll never get to that point where we just focus on the work and communicate about that. So I, that leads us right into the, the question I want to ask you is, and I think you've already answered this partially, why now is the right time for employers to really think about a row because they're, they're being forced out of their comfort zone anyway. They're being forced to think differently. All those things that you just knew were, were diehard truths that would never change have suddenly changed virtually overnight. And so it seems like now's the right time for that reason because we're already kind of rocking back on our feet a little bit and maybe open to the idea. But what other ways do you think in the current environment, a row could really help to create positive results for employers? I think what's happened, Ben, over time is that we're management is under a false sense of security. So they believe that if they see people in the office and people are doing time, then they feel comforted that work is actually happening. Happening. So if you look like you're working, I can see that you look like you're working, you must be working. And now what we've done is we've taken that same idea and we've extrapolated it out to other work locations. We haven't changed our mindset. We're so worried about when and where and really getting clear on that. So I think today why results only work environment is so timely is that we're realizing that what we're focusing on is the wrong things. And what we need to be focusing on is, is the actually 
actual work getting done, number one? And am I being clear with my people? Are we having conversations about what the measurable results need to be? And what does it look like when I achieve that? So how can I show that the work is actually getting done, not that I'm doing work, right? So we have to get clear on measurable results. I think it's funny when you said to me, people will say, well, you know, that's not really for our business. That role thing's not for our business. And I have to step back and laugh because what results only work environment is all about is one thing and one thing only. And that's is everybody achieving the measurable results they were hired to achieve. And I want to say to those companies, so you're not about everybody, you know, focusing on, you know, the Results, actual. That's for somebody else. Right. Like that just seems so funny to me. But I think that the thing is, Ben, is that managers and just organizations in general, they worry about that loss of control. And it's the loss of control over people and that feeling that if I control people, I'll get what I need. And what they really need to flip towards today is having, um, you know, that power over the accountability towards measurable results. That's where they're going to have control. And letting go of control of where and when is extremely liberating when you start holding people accountable to measurable results, period. Would you say that that's, I like the word control there. Would you say that sense of control is actually an illusion? Like you mentioned earlier, they're, they're coming to an office, but that's, that's almost a crutch or a, you know, a, a byproduct of, of work. That's not actually the work being done. It's just someone showing up at a place. If you, if it was all it took to get paid was showing up at a place, then people would spend a lot more time on Facebook, and everything else. So is that control an actual illusion? Employers feel like they have that sense of control over things and they really don't. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. I think that feeling that I can control, you know, what time you come in and, and that you're in the office and all that makes me feel like I'm doing my job. I'm managing you. So <laughs> there's that control. And it's funny when you control people, when you control adults, you know, we're all adults and we were hired to do a job. And when you start controlling people, they fight it. Mm -hmm. So how do they fight it? Right. They try to they try to figure out how they can get around the rules or the unwritten rules of work. And so what we've gotten really good at is playing the game of the 20th century sort of industrial age workplace. We got really good at playing that game. And that's the old game now. Now we have to flip to something completely different. And that's hard for people. It's, it's giving up deeply held beliefs about work. It's having to think of yourself in a different way in terms of who you are around other people. And your relationship with your manager is going to change. They're not going to be your parent anymore. They're going to be a guide for you and a coach for you. And that takes a different skill set. Let's talk about some companies that have made this transition. I, 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 you might not have permission to share all the names or, or, or any names. I don't, I don't know for sure. I didn't ask you in advance, but I'd love to hear a story or two if you have them to, to share and kind of make this practical because the, the idea sounds both amazing probably and terrifying for the people listening to this the first time. And, and I remember, again, reading the book all these years ago thinking, this sounds amazing, but is anyone doing it? And I know at the time it was a, a real life case study and story you're telling at the time, but um, I'd love to hear from some, about some company you worked with and, and uh, give me some ideas about what this looked like 
you mentioned the manager control thing. I'd love to, to hear how that part of it went. Cause I'd imagine that's an educational piece in itself to get them kind of on board with this new idea. Um, anything you can share there? Yes, of course. So our role certified organizations, so the companies we've worked with all over the globe, um, they, it's been interesting, Ben, because I've talked to a few of them over the last month who have come to me and said, you know, it's so interesting to watch how organizations that aren't a role, they're more traditional, they're more a flexible workplace, are really scrambling right now. Whereas people that have the results-only work environment mindset as part of their cultural DNA, they're not, they just are business as usual. Like nobody's, you know, wondering who's working where and nobody's giving permission to work from home now. Like none of that exists. And so they just keep going. I had one organization in Boca Raton, Florida. They're an investment services firm. And a couple of years ago, a hurricane went through. And I talked to the CEO and he said, he said, that's the first time I didn't even have to worry. He said, it just, people just kept doing their job. And that's the difference, right? Organizations are, you know, set up on that foundation of really having lots of rules and policies and, and how to control the workforce so that we feel like that's the best way to get the work done. If I do that, I'm going to get a result. And so um, another example is an organization we worked with over the last three years in Canada, 2,000 people coast to coast. So every job that you can think of, right? And today, they haven't missed a beat, right? So we're all having the, this problem with um, really changing how we work based on the pandemic. And they're already ready. Like they were ready. They didn't have to change anything. They just kept going. They didn't have to take a pause and try to put together another policy book and a whole bunch of ways, you know, to tell people how to work from home better. They're already there. I like to think of it as really disaster proofing your workforce. It's a way to set a culture that's ready for anything that comes at it and is really nimble and can, can move the way it needs to move without a department or a group of people trying to orchestrate how everybody's going to manage the work. So that's kind of the exciting thing for me right now is to see that how I envisioned organizations could operate in a future sort of platform is transpiring today based on this, this time we're having and the challenges we're having across the globe with the pandemic. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I'd imagine it makes you feel pretty proud to see like this works in good times. You know that, right? We've, we've been through an economic boom to see it working when things are tough, when things are hard. That's probably a lot of validation in the idea and the concept. Um, you, you mentioned that even companies that have, for some of the, the clients you have there, they're looking at their peers who are in quote unquote flexible kind of companies, but even they are not ready for this. And that's one of the questions I had written, had a note I'd made earlier in our conversation was, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, it's about showing up and, and doing the job and, you know, however you show up virtually and to just make sure you're focused on the results. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, some companies is probably thinking, hearing this thinking, well, we're flexible or, you know, we have unlimited PTO or whatever else, but that's, that still doesn't account for the focus on the results and that trust in your people to do the right thing. You're not having to stand over their shoulder, whether physically or virtually trying to make sure they're always on task and doing the thing minute to minute that you expect them to do They're You're believing that they're going to do their best and they're going to focus on their results. And if they don't, 
hold them accountable to that, but at least they know what those are. There's not a surprise there or a gotcha at the end that they didn't expect. It's absolutely right. And it's so interesting to see, you know, people talk about flexibility and they feel like if I could just have a little control over my time and if I can get my manager to allow me to have that, I think that's the holy grail. But once you've experienced true autonomy, like you get in a results only work environment, you think you've reached the, you know, epiphany of what you need to have. When you have complete freedom and your relationship changes with your manager and everybody's focusing on what matters and the language of the workplace is around that and how you treat each other and trust builds and all those things start to happen, you can't even imagine your life before. It like completely changes. <laughs> and so flexibility is so outdated. It's just a control mechanism and it's, it's built around the fear that if we don't control people in that way, they'll they'll screw the organization. They won't do their job. Um, they will, you know, steal time from us, whatever that is. It's so interesting. We have to move beyond the notion of flexibility. Flexibility is something you give to some people and not other people get it. You eke it out to people that have been there the longest. You have all these rules around it. We have to let go of that. It's a whole new day. <laughs> and <laughs> I think results-only work environment is timely in that it can help people, everybody in the organization, uh, move forward and, and move away from that um, old sort of platform of how we looked about work in the 20th century. So you've given us some good tidbits and ideas already in the conversation, but any advice, any support, any verbal affirmations, whatever you got to offer for employers right now to help them focus on managing the work and not the people. And I got it could be you re reiterating something you've already shared or something else entirely that you've been holding in reserve, but this is your chance to, to lay it out there and help them uh, and pick up some good ideas they can take forward. So I think one of the things today that managers can do, and I think it's a really important thing. It's one simple thing. And that is to ask your teams or your individual that work for you. What do you need from me? I think what happens oftentimes is we try so hard to figure out what we need to do for people. And if we just ask them what they need, then we'll be able to help them because we'll know exactly what they need. So that's the first thing. Ask people what they need. The second thing would be to ask people, are you clear about the expectations that I have for you in terms of measurable results. Are you clear about that? I think people feel so stressed out today because before they could at least show up and look like they were working and now they're scrambling around trying to show that. But we don't just need to do stuff, we actually need to do what's important for the business. So I think of the conversation between managers and employees can be focused on that, not about when are you available, you know, any of those questions about location, take that out of your vocabulary. Just talk about the work. What is it that I need to deliver? And ask people how they want to show you that work is getting done. So I think it's interesting sometimes that managers will say, well, I need to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you each week and then tell me everything you're doing. That's such a waste of time. Ask instead, you know, what do you need? How can you keep me apprised of your work? What would you like to do? Maybe I do want to have a one-on-one -on -one every week with you, but maybe I don't need to. 
So I think that's, you know, one of the, the first things managers could do is just say, what do you need from me? And take it from there. Yeah. There's a, that, when you said that, a, an image popped on my mind a, a few years ago, a friend had created a web comic Dilbert like style, you know, all the, the goofy things that we run across that, that make no logical sense in the workplace. And yet they're a part of everyday work and you, you would never accept anything different. And it's a picture of a manager sitting behind his desk, talking to another manager saying, Hey, I, I wanted to know what my team needed from me, how I could support them, how I could take care of them. So I did a generational needs analysis using research from a third party. And now I know what they all need from me. And the other part manager says, why didn't you just ask them? You have a team of three people. And it's that, that thing where we overcomplicate things or we assume there's some secret and it, it could be as simple as just taking a few minutes to, to get one-on-one -on -one with them, ask them what they need, but also help them to realize like, I don't care about, especially right now, I don't care if your kids are in the background. I don't care what's going on. It, that doesn't bother me. I just want to make sure we're clear on what you actually have to get done so that at the end of the day, you know what you're held accountable for and, and we're, we're clear on that. Or if we need to revise that, at least we're talking about it and we don't, again, end up somebody being surprised later on by the, the outcome not hitting whatever we were expecting. So yep. clear, clear <laughs> communications, it sounds like. I totally agree. You know, what's so funny is before this all happened, you know, there were all these rules around, you know, if you're at home, you know, make sure that your dog is outside and not barking you know, here's what you need to do with your kids. You need to have an office with the door. Like there was all these rules, right? And I just read an article that um, somebody was wrote about the times and what's happening. And the article said, you know, your kid is going to walk across the screen when you're having a Zoom conversation. And all of a sudden your cat's going to jump up on your lap. Like who cares? We're all human. And these things are part of the human experience and it doesn't mean you're not a good worker or you're a bad person or you're not following the rules if you focus on what matters and you focus on what you were hired to do and you work with people around that and realize we're all human and we have kids and pets and things in our lives we'll all do better we'll all be less stressed we'll have more trust and that human factor will just be what it is we don't have to, to orchestrate every single thing. But the number one thing, Ben, is people need to understand the, the measurable results they're expected to achieve. There needs to be an agreement on that. And then people will either get there or they won't. But no results, no job. That is the new employee agreement. That's so excellent. So let's, let's say someone is fascinated about this and wants to dive deeper. What's the best way to learn more about you, connect with you, learn about Roe? What's the best way to do that? Well, I think one of the things that we're doing today to help people that it's been pretty helpful, um, we've gotten a lot of feedback on it, is we are offering some of our content for free. So if you go to our website, goro.com, G-O-R-O-W-E.com, and on the main page that you land on, you can click on the free library. There's um, some things there that can help managers now think about that mindset shift. There's some case studies. So things out there that can help people today. To learn about the results-only work environment, just go through our website. We have a lot of information out there about the results-only work environment and how we um, help people uh, move towards uh, becoming a results-only work environment. So that's, I think, the best place for people to start. Excellent. I'll make sure and get that link in the show notes so they can check that out and, and uh, learn more there. Again, case studies, other good 
insightful content from someone who's been doing this for quite a while and knows the ins and outs very well. Jody, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really fun conversation for me. And I don't know that you and I have ever actually had the chance to talk, but I've been a, a fan for a long time, as you heard. And so this is a dream come true for me as well. So thank you for being willing to donate your time. Thanks for having me on, Ben. It's great to have these conversations. We just need to keep them going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, you heard it straight here. Be more human. Be more kind to each other. Be trusting. That's good stuff. Um, thank you, everyone else, for listening in today. Stay safe out there. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.